This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. You know, I've been called a lot of things over the years in business. Uh, When you're a leader, that just kind of comes with the territory. I've been called loud, obnoxious, sarcastic, annoying, impossible to please. I've been called a driver, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other words that were used with me that were also not very complimentary. But you know what? I also got some good terms, too. You know, people have, have told me that I'm enthusiastic, that I've been inspiring, encouraging. And you know what? I think one person like 10 years ago on a Tuesday actually said I was smart. And that was a big day for me. But one of the terms that I've never had anybody say about me, and quite frankly, I've never actually said about anyone else, but I guess I should have said it about someone. And then I sure wish someone had said it about me. And that was that I was emotionally intelligent. It's a term that came out in the 1990s, came from John Mayer and Peter Salovey, and it was popularized by a psychologist by the name of Daniel Goleman. And emotional intelligence is defined as the ability to understand and manage your emotions, as well as recognize and influence the emotions of those around you. Goleman in a Harvard Business Review, I think said it pretty quite clearly, said, the most effective leaders are all alike in one crucial way. They all have a high degree of what has come to be known as emotional intelligence. It's not that IQ and technical skills are irrelevant, they do matter, but they're the entry level requirements for executive positions. Well, what is emotional intelligence and how do you measure it and what the heck does that have to do with contact centers? Well, let's talk first a little bit about what emotional intelligence is and if you haven't figured it out, This podcast, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence and what it is and maybe a little bit more focus on what it isn't in the contact center. And so they they talk about the fact that there are five kind of core components of emotional intelligence. They are empathy, social skills, self-awareness, self-regulation, and motivation. So leaders that have emotional intelligence are really self-aware, which means that, that they're they're really in touch with their own emotions. They kind of know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They know what the triggers are and they know how their emotions can impact their decisions. And of course, with self-awareness comes a need to be able to self-regulate because once you figure out what it is about yourself, then you need to know how I react or how you react in those circumstances. And so that you're aware of what you can do and what you can't do and what your triggers are so that you can work through those. 
Well, also, there are people that have empathy. They can recognize and feel the emotions of the people that work for them as well. They're socially aware. They understand that emotions and groups of people together create different environments, and they know how to maneuver their way through those. They can communicate really well. They have great conflict resolution. And, of course, they can inspire and motivate. Because they have a high emotional intelligence, they know how to connect on an emotional level and how to encourage and and be enthusiastic and gain commitment. And so the attributes that come out of emotionally intelligent leadership creates teams that are emotionally intelligent. Of course, they can collaborate, they communicate really well, they have great empathy, they adapt, you know, they have shared goals, they know how to overcome conflict, they've got great positive culture, good feedback, they can be customer focused because they can recognize and understand the customer needs which leads to better better communications. And then they're, they're just resilient because once they get into some sort of a difficult circumstance, they can then turn around and make hay with it. Well, all of that sounds really good. And, and hopefully, uh, I didn't go over them too fast. You can sit down and say, well, first off, has anybody ever told me that I'm emotionally intelligent? Two, have I ever heard of that term? And then how can I apply those terms to my leadership in the contact center, whether you're a team lead, whether you're a supervisor, uh, manager, leader, VP, CEO, whatever it is, emotional intelligence. Well, when we begin to apply those to the contact center, because we all live in a dystopian world, which is contact centers, which is completely different than, than any sort of a world that anyone else lives in, it creates an environment where we have to look at it through a different lens. As we've said over and over and over again, contact centers are different. They operate differently than everyone else. And we know that and we see that and we live it every single solitary day. So how do we apply emotional intelligence to a contact center? How do we take some of those words that that seem so simple yet in, in centers they're different? So what I thought I'd do is walk through what emotional intelligence is not in a contact center. And how do we make the distinction between the two? And, and I want to start with one of the key component words. It's one of the pillars of emotional intelligence, and that's empathy. And empathy is one of those things that where, where, I, where emotionally I can empathize. I can, I can get into your shoes, and I can understand you better, or I can understand my team better. I can understand my customer better. Well, one of the things that you have to learn if you work in a contact center that makes you completely different is that empathy is a skill. It's not an emotion. We do not have the capacity to emotionally work in a contact center and use empathy. It, it just can't happen. If you're on the front lines and you're answering the same call in the afternoon after having answered the same type of call for the 10th time in a row, and then by the end of the week, you've done it 40 times, by the end of the month, you've done it 130 times, there's no way you can generate the kind of emotion that you need to to empathize with your customer. It has to be a skill. We have to learn the skills of empathy so that we know how to process and use empathy in a business environment with our customers on the front line. But we have to use those same skills that we've learned in dealing with leadership with the people that we work for. Empathy is a skill that's exercised minute by minute in a contact center. And it's exercised by the front line, it's exercised by team leads, it's exercised by supervisors all the way up and down the road, but it is a skill, not an emotion. And if you wanna have emotional intelligence, then you need to be well-skilled in empathy. 
We actually have numerous training classes on empathy for the front line, as well as empathy for the supervisors and for the team leads, because it's something that you have to learn how to use as a skill when it's two o'clock in the afternoon and you've heard the same story, or maybe you've heard the worst story that you've heard out of the last 15 that you've already done. And this one's not particularly good, but you still have to show empathy professionally because you'll never get through your call. You'll never accomplish the average handle time that you need to unless you can empathize with this person that may be just a little bit crazy. They may be lying. They may be completely emotionally nuts. Or you're just tired or you've had a rough day or you've had difficult circumstances and your requirement to empathize is much more difficult and much more plentiful than most anyone else that you would deal with in any other business environment, requires you to use it as a skill, not an emotion. Empathy is a great skill for leadership in a contact center because you're going to have usually higher than normal leader to employee ratios than you will in any other department in the organization. If you're on the front lines, that could be anywhere from 1 to 15 to 125, 1 to 30. You're going to create an environment where the folks that you're dealing with are more than likely going to be remote rather than local to you. They're also in highly stressful jobs where they're not allowed to take out their emotions on the people on the phone. So you may very well be on the reception end of those emotions after they get off the call because they need somewhere to expel the frustration or the stress or the anxiety or the anger or the frustration or the disappointment or whatever it may be. So empathy as a skill is critical to be emotionally intelligent in a contact center. Next up is we can't be someone that pushes conflict under the rug. And I, I know that most people would say, well, listen, that's not the way that you deal with conflict. But the reality is, is that in many leadership circumstances, pushing conflict under the rug is may sometimes be the best thing. If we've got some people that are working for us that don't get along or we don't get along with a particular person that's really skilled at what they do, sometimes you can just leave them alone and not deal with the conflict and let it go. And there are many instances, and let me repeat, there are many instances where letting the conflict go is a good thing. But in general, in a contact center, we don't want to let the conflict go in whatever the area is. So first off, if we have conflict between two employees that are working in the same center, it's something that we want to work through and talk through. Because with such a large group, assuming that you have many, many people working in the same center, it's pretty easy for people to begin to take sides. And when they take sides in a conflict that's simmering and doesn't stop, it just creates more animosity, creates more distraction, and just, just falls out of favor quickly. If it's two people, they're not around each other, maybe they work in different departments, they never see each other, sometimes you can let those conflicts kind of go away because they're just not going to run into each other. But if you're in a center where there's 50, 100, 500, 700 people, and you've got people that have a conflict, it's something that you probably need to deal with more than another. In the same way, because our turnover rates are so high, the reality of literally almost anything being a tipping point that gets people to leave, conflict is something that cannot be left alone, especially if that conflict is between you and the employee. 
Now, we're never going to be able to make everyone happy. We're never going to create circumstances where everybody's going to love everything that we do or that we're not going to have to deliver bad news to them, maybe bad news every day or challenging news or information that's going to force them to feel uncomfortable. But when we have that conflict, when we have that unease, when we leave it and don't talk it through and haven't clearly communicated and maybe more importantly, allow them to clearly communicate back to you what their position is, when we leave that alone, especially in a contact center, we run a higher risk that people are going to leave. And we also run a higher risk that when these people leave, they're going to tell somebody else, which again is going to start that if you leave a space, somebody's going to fill the space. And when they fill the space, it creates an environment that makes it very, very difficult for us to be successful. And so that's why we really do need to be more proactive about conflict and make sure that we talk it through and also make sure that we, we hear it through. Now, when we hear it through, we may not ever get to the point where we recognize or they recognize that we've solved the problem and the world is great and everything's fine because that's just not the way the world works. Because no matter what you say, you can't control what they hear, you can't control how they process it, and you can't control the actions they'll take or whatever the pressures are or the influences that they have, and nor can really any leader. But in a context center, we want to make sure that we have adult conversations, that we have clear conversations where everyone knows exactly where they stand. And if that's something we need to do daily, we do it daily. If it's something we can get away with over longer periods of time, that's great. But don't let a conflict or let some sort of unease stay. And I know that when I'm telling you this right now, whether you've got 15 or 20 people working for you or five, there's a circumstance or a situation that you know right now is just sitting there and it's uneasy. Take a moment, write it down, and make sure that you take care of it. And what you'll find is when you close the loop, when you make sure that all's been said, all's been heard, and everybody understands everybody's position, and most importantly, what the company expects, what you expect, and the person that's working for you understands what their role is and what they need to do, you'll have more success. Next up is that with emotional intelligence, I want to make sure that we're not playing with emotions. Because I think sometimes when people think about emotional intelligence, well, man, I can really read these folks and I know what's going on. I understand their emotions. I know what drives them. I'm going to play on those emotions. I'm going to use those emotions to my advantage to help us be successful. And I see this all the time in contact centers. It's probably one of the biggest mistakes that leaders in contact centers make, especially in the area of engagement. And that is, is that we try to use emotions or, or some sort of short-term, really cool idea to get us some sort of long-term value, and it, and it never works. And I always immediately think of potluck dinners and maybe a singular contest or even the reliance that we place on how wonderful and how spectacular our Halloweens are, which of course is just around the corner. And if you're one of those organizations that has one of the best Halloweens, that anybody's ever seen because you really do it up. It's the biggest event that we have of the year and our folks really buy into it and they decorate their cubicles and they dress up. Welcome to Contact Center World because everybody's doing it. It's not a competitive advantage. It's not something that makes you unique and maybe you really are spectacular at it. 
But if it's your strategy for engagement or your strategy for engagement is having potluck dinners every other month or dropping off some gas cards, you're going to fall short of your goals. You're not going to achieve the kind of success that you want and you won't build successful, learning, engaged, loyal, skilled employees are going to stick around for long periods of time because you just can't plan emotions because they take too long and they take too long to get connected and then they don't last. And, and if it's one thing that a contact center is, a contact center is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And sometimes it feels like every day is a marathon or maybe every hour is a marathon. But don't lose sight of the fact that you really do have to play the game for the long haul, which means that, that we can't be driving people by their emotions. Now, we can invest in their emotions. We can build tools. We can build contests. We can build communications. We can build fun that is systemic, that's repeatable, that's engaging, that meets the person right where they are, whether that's in the facility at, at, or at home, that that connects them up with other people that are similar to them. Maybe they're musicians, maybe they're into sports, maybe they're into yoga, maybe they're into history. The point is, is when we connect those people and we allow them to build those emotional ties and those emotional connections together, we create an environment that, that allows us to be successful for the long term. Whenever anybody says that they're playing on people's emotions, that may work in other environments, but it's, it's not going to work in the contact center. Next up is holding your feelings or your personality back. And we see this a lot as well. I said earlier that I can be a driver or I can be loud or I can even be obnoxious at times. And, and granted, I don't want to go out and be in a leadership position to be obnoxious. But some of those skills, when combined with being inspiring or being in, engaging or, or being someone that's encouraging to other people, sometimes that loud or that obnoxious is a real benefit and, and, and real value. If you've got bad personality traits or character traits that aren't going to work well in, in your environment, I, I don't want you to use those for sure. But I also don't want you to check your personality at the door or put it in a locker because, because you don't want to use it. If you've got skills and talents and strengths Maybe you're strong at connection. Maybe you really are really great at being empathetic. Your emotions and how you apply those, how you apply your personality and your character to your leadership style really, really helps. So if, if you're really good at being prepared, then, then use that as a leadership skill and, and coach people on being prepared. And coach people on how, when they understand how to, to implement their listening skills or overcome objections or acknowledge or teaching someone how to coach someone else on one-on-one -on -one or how to do a better job at a PIP or whatever it is. If preparedness is, is something that you do well, then lead with that and show them how to prepare. Use your strengths to be successful as a leader and, 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 and make it add to your emotional intelligence. And don't fake your personality. Don't hide your personality. What I'm encouraging you to do is to be yourself. And one of the best ways for you to understand who yourself is, is to talk to the person that you work for and, and ask them about your, your character and your emotional intelligence and, 
and what some of the strengths are that you have and how you can apply those strengths. And yes, you're going to have some weaknesses and some things you need to change, some things you need to avoid, some things you need to work on. But in order to fit in as a leader, I don't want you to become this cookie cutter person that loses your personality because it's fake. It's not enduring. It's not something that'll work. It works in a sprint. It may even work in a 400-yard run, but it doesn't work in a marathon. In a marathon, your personality is going to come out. The stressful situations that you have in the contact center, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're angry, those are all going to come out in a contact center, definitely weekly, maybe daily, maybe hourly. Your ability to be able to use your personality and capitalize on the things that you really do well will go a long way towards allowing you to make your emotional intelligence an advantage. And then finally, they talked about the attribute of the fact that in emotionally intelligent teams, one of the things that is exhibited is is a resilience, a resilience to persevere and to work through. And we all know that a resilience is, is important. But the resilience that I don't think I want you to have, and I know you don't want to have, is to insanely follow the same bad culture or bad decisions or bad processes over and over again because you're trying to survive rather than thrive in your center. And I've said this in a number of podcasts and I feel like I just need to keep repeating it because maybe you didn't listen to the other 106, maybe you did. But we have a tendency sometimes in a contact center that we're more of a survive than a thrive. And we've got a set of conditions, a set of plans, a set of ways that we do things that enable us to survive, but we're never going to thrive because they're just really bad culture. They're really bad process. They're really bad way to operate, but it's all we can do because we're trying to keep our head above water. The queue is jammed full. People are leaving in droves and we just kind of settled in because we figured out a way to not make it any worse rather than trying to make it better. And I don't want you to have dumb resilience. I want you to have the kind of resilience which is that, that I know this is the right way to do it. We're going to persevere our way through it. We're going to find a way to do things right rather than just doing them that will allow us to move from survive to thrive. I don't know what those are in your particular circumstance. I'm sure that when I said it, you could immediately think of them. But if you think about the two words, emotional and intelligence, Emotions are something that we have. Sometimes, for the most part, we really can't control them. They just come out. But they are a part of who we are. And depending on the circumstances, whether those are good circumstances, stressful circumstances, bad circumstances, boring circumstances, we're going to run through the gamut of different emotions that are going to come about with us in the way that we lead and the way that we also interact with and communicate with our peers. And I, just to make a side note on that, sometimes we have great emotional intelligence with the people that work for us, but we struggle using our emotional intelligence with our peers. Or maybe we struggle with our emotional intelligence with dealing with our leader because circumstance change, politics comes into play. With our leader, they control our career. And so sometimes we have a tendency to not take advantage of the skills or utilize the skills that we have in this area because it, it's just a different environment for us. So also I want you to be aware of how you use your emotional intelligence, not only with the people that work for you, but also with your peers and also with your leader as well. The second component of emotion, of course, is intelligence. And intelligence implies that 
You have some smarts in particular areas. Well, if you're like me, you don't have smarts in every area. And maybe this is an area that you don't necessarily know a lot about, or you realize that there's some holes here. Well, you want to work on those. And, and, and we get intelligent and we get smarter by working hard at it. I tell you each week over and over and over that you can be a great leader. It just requires a lot of hard work and focus. Same way with intelligence. In order to get more intelligent, we have to do more research. We have to gain more experience. We have to analyze the circumstances that we're in. We also have to bring somebody alongside us, usually that has more experience than us, like a mentor, and let them help us have a better understanding of what they might do in that circumstance or how you might be able to take the skills and tools that you have and apply them to that. And then, of course, the other way that we learn is by mentoring others, because when we help others with their circumstance, one, we're allowed to apply our wisdom and see if it works in that particular circumstance. But whenever we teach, we also learn as well because we learn different circumstances and it allows us to be more successful as well. Well, listen, I don't know whether you're more emotionally intelligent after this podcast or not. Man, I hope so. I hope that when, when I talk to you, you learn something that you can apply and it helps you to be more intelligent in contact centers. And if it helps you emotionally as well, then that's really cool. And, and I accomplished two things. It's been great to talk to you this week. Looking forward to talk to you next week. As always, if there's some way that I can help you, let me know because I will. Try me. Test me. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.